This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, front and center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Blue wire. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott dodged the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 101 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. Of course, this podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Joshua Perry was back in Chicago in the studio this weekend because Big Ten football is back. It's back and it's better. How about that? Yeah, no, I like it was, that. It was a fun weekend. Absolutely uh, enjoyed my time there. Got to obviously cover games. Friday night, we were in studio for a long time because we had a Friday night game, which turned out to be, um, I don't know if it was a good game, but we learned a lot in that game. And then Saturday was jam-packed of awesome football stuff to cover. So really enjoyed it. And then we opened up this podcast and we're in the hundreds right now. So these are the hundreds episodes. I'm excited. I know. I actually thought about how I was going to say 101. So I I was like, should I say 101st episode? Should I say 101? Like, it's just odd after you hit 100. Listen, we're past the century mark. So you know, know. it's hard to mess this thing up at this point, you can do it however you want to. I'm gonna say whatever comes to mind every episode. (laughs) That's what you guys are gonna get. That's how I'm gonna introduce it. Uh, Let's get into this week's AP top 25 poll. Nothing changed at the very top with Clemson in the number one spot with 52 first place votes. Alabama gaining a couple more first place votes. They're in the two spot with 10 first place votes. And then we got Ohio State going up to that three spot. No surprise there after their showing this weekend that we'll get into in just a bit. Notre Dame is still sitting in the four spot. Um, Georgia rounds out the top five. Then we've got Oklahoma State still a little bit surprising to me um, in the top 10. They're at six, followed by Cincinnati um, A&M in that eight spot. Wisconsin uh, holding it down at number nine and Florida who hasn't uh, played a game in two weeks is still in the 10 spot folks. So with any of this, this week and having some big 10 play surprised at all by any of these. They got the top three, right? I mean, I I can't complain with what they have in the top three. Here's my hot take for the week. This one's piping hot. Put Cincinnati at four, honestly. 
Whoa. Okay. Put them at four. I, I they like to me, they've shown more than Notre Dame has. I think yeah, <laughs> this is a bold have. statement. They might be able to get George on a neutral field. I don't think people hey. would agree with that, but you never know till it happens. Yeah, slap them up there at number four. I mean, I don't like any of the the four through ten, honestly. It's this is this is the best way to put it. Is the top three teams are the top three teams, and we can sit here and argue about the order. Yeah. But after that, there is a gulf between three and four, and it is just massive. It, it is. And that's what's going to happen this year. I hate to, like, make it boring, but these are going to be the top three teams, in my opinion, the rest of the season. And it's really going to be once the Pac-12 gets in the mix here, it'll be a battle to see who that number four team is is that gets into the playoffs and other than that though you can pretty much in my opinion guarantee those three at the top that's it in, and it, yeah in what order i don't know when it all exactly. is done but it, it will be those three I, I i predict that will definitely get it so. let me ask you a question here yeah did you see the ap voter that put ohio state at 16 yeah i did um i did see that <laughs> okay so I, I i get why that kind of stuff happens because you know, that guy, everybody's talking about him right now, and people are probably interviewing him on radio shows trying to figure out what his rationale was. Sure. He should get his privileges revoked immediately. I don't understand. Like, how do, how do you – how is that even necessary when you look at the other teams that he put in front? Yeah, it's that? just dumb. It's just somebody doing it for attention. But, like, that's if you, what, if you do that – sometimes, unfortunately. If you do that, you should, you should not be able to do it again. Don't you think so? I, I'm thinking the same way because I, again, was an AP voter for college basketball uh, two seasons ago. And I took that very, very seriously. As you can you ask should. my husband. Yeah, I was up late, late nights trying to get everything right. It was stressful. And so to think that like a person's going to do something just because they want to get attention. And don't try to argue with me that there was another reason why he put them at 16. There's, There's no other reason. <laughs> and that, yeah, and you're right. That to me is a like to me that's a revocable offense. It is. You I'll know? just put it like this: there's there's not a lot of teams that are ranked number sixteen that are going to beat a conference opponent fifty two to seventeen and, no. and and look bad at times doing it. But in I week one of their season, right? Like that's neither here nor of there. The Big I guess. Ten yeah, uh, that's crazy. Well, speaking of the Big Ten. Because it, we, it was nice having another Power 5 conference back. And a Power 5 conference that adds a little bit more depth um, to everything. Because we know the SEC has depth. But the other two conferences that are playing right now, there's just not a lot there. Um, except for maybe the teams at the top. And the Big 12, I just it's a mess. But when you look at the the games that went on this weekend what stood out to you having the big 10 back uh there were a few games that really caught my eye and i'm sure we'll we'll discuss a couple of them first game was the friday night game we saw wisconsin came out and they had a quarterback who was dynamic and very different than the typical wisconsin quarterback that we see who is a game manager type of person um, you know, they run the ball heavily, this, that, and the third. We had a guy who we felt like could open up the game with his arm, and whether it was the short game, intermediate, or deep game, he was very accurate. Um, it was a very efficient offense that he ran. That stood out. Number two, that stood out for me Saturday. Um, obviously, the Penn State-Indiana game, and we had talked about that one in saying that Indiana was was 
ripe to pull off an upset against Penn State. We thought they were susceptible. Uh, yeah. There was a lot to take away from that game. And then probably the fact that Northwestern now has a quarterback. They can put up 49 points. They averaged like 15 points a game last year. The fact that Purdue beat Iowa. The fact that even though Nebraska lost, we feel like they're a better team. Mm-hmm. Big Ten West is wide open right now. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, and it, it is only the, the first weekend for them of play this season. And you can probably expect in, in that case that there were going to be some upsets. There were going to be some things that we might be surprised at. And it'll be interesting to see how things look in this uh, next weekend coming up when it comes to play. Uh, speaking of Wisconsin, you had mentioned the um, – different type of quarterback play we saw. We know Wisconsin for being a team that always produces some really good running backs. Uh, Defensively, they're a pretty sound team year in and year out. But you're right. Um, If you go back, if you remember Jack Cohn, when before all this COVID thing went down, he was supposed to be the original quarterback this season. Uh, But he he had an injury to his ankle. So he's been, you know, he's clearly out. So in steps Graham Mertz. And he is, you know, does what he does. You guys all saw what he, what he did out there. Um, Everybody was definitely taking a second look at who is this guy. And so everything's like kind of getting exciting for Wisconsin after they see this game and the quarterback they have. And then boom, he is all of a sudden on Monday, he's tested positive for COVID-19. And not only did he test positive, but the backup to him, which technically is the third stringer, also tested positive. So sure. they're going to be down to their fourth string quarterback just like that um, if they even are able to play this coming weekend because there have been other positive tests. And Joshua, with the Big Ten's protocols, the ones that they have made for their return to play, they have to be out a minimum of 21 days. That is the person that tests positive with COVID-19. And I get it because there is a lot that goes into it. They want to make sure they're healthy once they are cleared of COVID-19. They want to make sure they, they pass all the heart, you know, things that they go through. They also want to make sure they're not throwing them out on the field without having a little bit of, you know, one-on-one kind of work. And I get that as as well in hoping to avoid injury. But that's a long time with having supposedly your fourth stringer out there. Yeah, and that's it's a, a shortened season too, which which is really tough. And this was the thing I didn't think about. I was talking to um, you know, a couple of people who are are really in the know about college football. And one of the the caveats that was mentioned was the 14 day period is like that's the COVID isolation period. Yeah the extra seven days is the return to play, return to workout, get your body back right and do the heart testing portion. But if one of those players would actually be, uh, would, would contract myocarditis, then that timeline becomes indefinite for how long they could be out. And I never really considered that because you know, we never had anything to consider up to this point you know, folks are wondering how are they going to play this game? And I think that their, their testing thresholds as of today are low enough that they can go out there and they can actually play a game. They're down to a four string quarterback. That doesn't matter. 
Um, you know, at Ohio State, we won national championship with a third string guy. We had wide receivers taking snaps at quarterback after him. You know, it was thin. You figure it out. You know, I, I think there are a lot of people wondering, like, is, does this get to a point where Wisconsin can't play ball and they'll have to shut down? And basically the way it goes is 5% of the team has to test positive, and that's a rolling seven-day average. And the way that I, I understand that is from your first – from so if you test positive – from your last positive test, seven days after that, your positive is not counted anymore. So it drops off. There's a population percentage as well. And yeah. that has to reach seven and a half. So that's staff, you okay. know, that's, you know, anybody associated with the team that travels, whatever. Um, and those two things have to both happen. So it has to be 5% for the team, seven and a half percent for a population. Um, and then that would be a seven day suspension of activities, not a 21 day suspension for everybody. Okay. Okay. Um, and I just wanted to kind of clarify that because there's yeah. a ton of confusion now because yeah. we're we're at our first situation where we're seeing it happen. Yeah, first situation after the first weekend of play. I mean, but that's the reality of the situation. And I know that this probably won't be the only team that has to overcome something like this. But it is crazy that it's the quarterback position, right? I mean, just couldn't have, couldn't have been a damn yeah. a backup long snapper or I something. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's always, you think about what, you know, if this happens to teams and we talk about this in the NFL all the time, I mean, imagine an offensive line getting wiped out. Right. Right. I mean, these are like critical positions, like the quarterback's a critical position and yeah, you have like guys under like below them, but what happens if the fourth stringer gets hurt, which is a likely situation. Yeah, you better you, know, you better run that option got? offense. You better put that wide receiver in there right? and get that ground game going. You got to get something going, but it's it is it's just one of those things that we're gonna um, have to overcome this season. And here's here's the first test for the Big Ten. You're right. Before we we get into our next segment, I did want to, since you you know are an Ohio State guy, I covered Ohio State for a long time, and I follow them. Uh, still to this day. So I, I did want to talk about Ohio State showing. We we talked about how Nebraska looked a little better, not necessarily what the score, you know, made them look like. But what did you see out of the Buckeyes? Uh, obviously, Justin Fields had a phenomenal day. Yeah. So here's the deal. Justin Fields is as good as advertised. He is the second best quarterback in college football. I, I, it's hard for me to see a path where he changes a lot of people's minds over Trevor Lawrence, Trevor. and that's perfectly fine um, because sure. they're both elite players. But Justin yeah. Fields, I mean, the command of the offense, the efficiency, uh, 21 yeah. for 22, 260, 276, I think. And that's not a crazy stat line. You know, we're used to seeing quarterbacks throw for three and 400 yards, but it was a very efficient day that he had. He didn't play the full game. Um, he distributed the ball well, two passing touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown himself. Um, it, it was amazing. And, and the flip side of that is the receivers played really, really well. Chris Olave went for over 100 yards before he was knocked out of the game. Garrett Wilson sliding into the slot was a man amongst boys out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he went for 120, 130 yards almost, had himself a game. There were freshman wide receivers in there. Jackson Smith and Jigba, we saw that catch where he got the foot down in the back of the end zone. It was crazy. Yeah, that was brilliant. So all of that was positive. The run game left a lot to be desired. Uh, it really sure. did. You know, I think the two running backs that got the bulk of the carries might have been 
20, 24 to 26 carries they had between the two of them. That's Master Teague and Trey Sermon, and they must have had 90 yards combined. Um, not what we expect out of Ohio State's backfield. And then defensively, they played really well in the second half. Didn't give up a point, and yeah. there's a lot to be said about that. Real shaky early on. Terrible angles yeah. that they took. Uh, poor tackling that we saw. Just a little bit of confusion and getting things together. However, I said it at the top of the show. To put up a half a hundred points and to feel yeah. like they didn't play very good football says a lot about this team and how we how we think of them. Yeah, it does. And I, I'm going to give them the benefit of doubt, the doubt in those categories even you had mentioned. And I know um, you were talking about the defense. I think the defensive ends probably a little underwhelming too against Nebraska. But th- these are things where it's the first game that they're actually out you know, in an actual game environment, playing a game after all this time. I mean, it has been such a long time since they've played in an actual game against an actual opponent. So you're right. You you have to let them work some of these things out. And it, and it is going to take a, maybe a couple weeks to do that. But if that's the worst that, that you can say about the Buckeyes in their first weekend back, I, I think that they're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, no, they'll, I mean... <laughs> think about that if this is the floor then right? what's the ceiling <laughs> i know i know uh, i'm like just like you know it's funny though because i know buckeye fans and listen i i love buckeye fans i i love columbus and everything about it but you know buckeye fans are already picking like okay well we need to this this needs to be better you know how it is oh 100 so it's just funny because it's like slow your roll peeps like if this is the the worst that you can say about this first week in a play you're gonna be okay you know <laughs> they'll be Bring just back fine. To reality right you'll be okay all right well football is back and we're all excited about it you might not be at the game this year maybe you are uh, but you can still bet online and follow all the action. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you are in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get on their season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on wins, division, and champion futures all day, every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That is Blue Wire, all one word, but online, your online sportsbook experts. So you mentioned that um, Justin Fields, you thought, was the second best quarterback in college football right now, um, leaving that top spot open for Trevor Lawrence, of course, who has um, been impressive really ever since he's, you know, walked onto the college scene. But we've really seen him dominate this year. So, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious that we're all like, okay, he's going to go number one overall. Um, there's no doubt that he's going to leave for the NFL after this season. Um, it, you know, we're just wondering who's going to get him. Well, then today, very funny. And it, I want to ask you what you think about this. But he was interviewed today and um, it, he left the door open a little in terms of coming back for another year at Clemson. And he said, quote, my mindset uh, has been that I'm going to move on. But who knows? There's a lot of things that could happen. Okay, so when a player says something like this, 
There's a lot of things that can happen. Does that mean if they don't win a natty, there's a possibility because he wants to leave with the natty again? Like, what what does this mean, Joshua? Or is he just being a guy who wants to stir the pot? What what level of swear word can I say on this podcast? I don't know. That's a great question. But I would think if it's like one time. Okay, he's full of shit. <laughs> so, I don't think that's even a bad one. So yeah, I, I like not in my vocab. Mine's a lot worse. Yeah, well, say <laughs> that so we gotta we gotta put that after dark podcast out <laughs> right? for when the kids go to sleep. Listen, this is he he needs to stop. Just don't do that because he ain't coming back. What? There's no chance he's coming back. Why do you say this, Trevor Lawrence? He shouldn't even do what that. What are you trying to give these like Clemson fans false hope? Yes, that's that's exactly what it is. Are you trying to get some recruits to come in the door? If if he came back after they lost a national title, if I were an NFL GM, I couldn't even respect that. I'm sorry, like I I can't draft you because you you have poor decision making as saying. a quarterback. I, exactly, it almost makes you just look like that much worse that you wouldn't want to draft him for even you know yeah. Saying, know, like doing that super dramatic so, what i just said but i mean come on man no i agree though so here's the thing with trevor lawrence um i mean is this is this a guy i want you to just kind of break down what makes him so special because we talk we talk about clemson a lot we've mentioned trevor lawrence's name but i don't really think that we've talked about him in terms of why he's gonna be such a difference maker for a team why these teams are you know tanking for trevor is is the phrase they're using what i mean is he can we compare him to what we're kind of seeing out of a guy like justin herbert but more advanced i i don't i struggle doing the comparison thing because i feel like my comparisons are always bad but yeah I'll, i'll break it down for you it's it's six six you can't build the body you can't they they don't make guys like that It's the computing ability. He's very smart. And when you listen to him talk about the game, you can tell that he's smart and he understands football. Mm -hmm. It is the fact that he's a pocket presence, but he can run, which we've seen him do when he, when he needs to get yards, he has the deep ball, which is accurate. His intermediate game is accurate. His short game is finesse, but here's the difference between him and, and a guy like Justin Fields. Like, I think Justin Fields has a pretty good deep ball. I think he's been accurate. He's got guys who can get open on it. I think Justin is the better athlete. I think Justin has improved the finesse in the short game. I think he's great intermediate. Trevor Lawrence has the fastball. And what I mean by that yeah. is when he's got that tight window and he's got to zip, zip the ball in there, he can yep. do it. When he's got to throw the ball from the far hash to the sideline, he can get it there on a rope. Justin Fields doesn't have the fastball. He doesn't have the put it on a rope from the far hash to the sideline. That's the major difference between those two. Isn't, though, the NFL going a little bit more towards the Justin Fields type? Yes, but the NFL, there's always there is always space. There's always room for for a Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. I think Justin Fields is going to be perfectly fine in the NFL. I I really do think that his skill set is attractive because of the playmaking finesse and the ability to extend the plays and the confidence that he has to stop on the sideline, hold the ball an extra tick and then put it up there in the perfect window for a receiver to catch it. Right. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to 
you need to throw a hitch on first down to the far sideline. Do you have a guy who's got a hose who can get it out there? Yep. And that's that's what yeah. Trevor gives you. Yeah, I I I mean I am I'm really excited to see like what he does in the NFL. Look, I've been it's been fun this year watching some of these younger guys. I mean, a guy like Justin Herbert who we didn't think was probably going to play his rookie season and he's gone in there and I dogged on Herbert his whole time at Oregon. I was not a fan of Herbert. And from everything he's shown right now, he's been really fun to watch. Um, another guy that I still, I need a little bit more time to see because he's a different type of quarterback. He's obviously more of an athletic mobile guy um, is Kyler Murray. I mean, he's having a spectacular season so far and I keep like wanting to doubt him, but he keeps on proving me wrong. Sure. But there's a lot of different types of these quarterbacks out there right now that are younger and you're just trying to to see who's going to make it, right? right. Who's going to last. That's what it's all about. Right. And so like to round this conversation off, Dwayne Haskins has struggled. Yeah. And I think yeah. he's had a lot of a lot of excuses to struggle, but mm-hmm. one of the bigger things that I think hurts him right now is the game doesn't happen as quickly as it needs to for him on the field number 1. Number yeah. 2, the guy's a stork. He can't move. He he has sure. he has no twitch at all. Yeah. And both of the guys that we were talking about that you were talking about, both of the college guys that I was just talking about, they all have some level of Twitch. They can get it done when they need to. And that's the difference. maker. It is. It is. So um, it'd be the interesting to see the next, uh, you know, genre of quarterbacks and how they evolutionize in terms of the NFL and their success. But before uh, we get to our get to know the coach segment to end this podcast, I did really quickly want to mention a situation that happened in the Auburn Old Miss game this past weekend and get your thoughts on it. So uh, the SEC acknowledged this past week, we taped this on Tuesday, so they acknowledged this on Monday, um, that it should have stopped a play during that Auburn Old Miss game on Saturday to review a fourth quarter kickoff, which appeared upon replay that Auburn's um, Sean shivers made contact with the football so this was the whole situation to set it up old misled by one with about five minutes 43 seconds left when the kickoff appeared to graze shivers finger before it went into the end zone where the referee then ruled a touchback and blew the play completely dead so instead of the play resulting in a fumble auburn kept the possession and went on to score the winning touchdown so like that's a big that's a big thing there considering old miss you know you know they lose the game they drop to 1 and 4 so kiffin being kiffin and we've highlighted him before on this show we know that he is king of twitter afterward um he said that the referees told him the play was briefly reviewed and upheld and upheld and later he went on a social media and retweeted a post that he said then the sec officiating is a disgrace <laughs> and then he got a 25,000 violation. Well, but going back to what I'm explaining and I saw it and it should have been reviewed. Sure. Like they're saying it, but it, 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 they would have seen that. So to me, that's a huge deal. So I guess I would have went to Twitter too. Sorry. Yeah, that's, 
that's kind of my deal. I understand why the rule exists. And like you, you obviously don't want your coaches talking bad about the conference and officiating and all of that. But maybe if you allowed the coaches to, to air their grievances in their rightful grievances, like, especially when yeah. they're correct, maybe the officiating yeah. might be a little better. You know, you know. should find, you should find the crew. Don't find the coach for, for calling out what went wrong. Like, I, I get if it. You don't I, call I it really out, do get it, but right. come on. No, I know. And if you don't get called out, it's never going to like attention is never going to be put on that. And then the, the same thing can happen down the road. And I get it. Like it's, you know, they can't do that as part of the bylaws, but it is kind of just like, and it's also Kiffin though. Like you think Kiffin's going to abide by anything? He's, he's going to do what he he doesn't give a damn. He said he probably spent more than $25,000 at a bar one night. You know what I'm saying? This, this, this ain't going to phase him. Yeah. No, you know, bottles Uh, of champagne, you know, (laughs) Louis the 13th, right? Don Julio, 1942, you know? He's probably got his own bar set up at his house, let's be honest, right? Yeah. He's he's got his own bar I mean, he's he's not tripping over 25K. No, he is not. Um, Well, even though sports had a break, your business surely did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. So right now, Indeed is offering listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it faster. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. And the offer is valid through December 31st. Our final segment we get into every week here on press pass is get to know the coach. And this week we thought we would mix it up a little. I'm trying to give all the conferences, well, at least the power fives, their, you know, fair share of love. So we will get to know, (laughs) we will get to know Lincoln Riley this week, the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, the very young coach, still only 37 years old as a head coach. And this is a guy that he he's clearly done a lot for that program. He's clearly done a lot for individual players. I mean, we've seen the Heisman winners um, that have come from this program in the quarterback position that have gone on to be drafted and there are in the NFL that includes Kyler Murray. Um, but this is a younger coach, Joshua. I mean, he started his career. I, I think you'd get a chuckle out of this. So when he was in high school, he actually spent his first two years as a defensive end in high school mm. and he, he he lived in west texas how he was a defensive end i don't know uh, i don't really picture that at all but he did switch to the quarterback position junior and senior year how do you how does that even happen though that's a completely different like position i mean like, you know there's nothing I, I even to, close about that i used to do the offensive thing you know i i actually got recruited a what, little what, bit what'd play you play offense. though i was a running back you, but i can kind of see that like I, you know what? I, I couldn't see you going and play quarterback. I mean, I used to, to throw the ball around the yard a little bit, but our, our coach, <laughs> our coach made a business decision that our receivers were trash, and so my 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 gifts and my talents were better used playing court or playing running back instead of quarterback. But 
Okay. You know, honestly, I I honestly wish my my coach would have let me play quarterback a little longer. I might still be in the league right now. You never know. You never, you know what? You don't. You never know. I I was like in softball. Uh, I was always like center field, but w- they also wanted me to pitch a little, which I hated. I hated being like the center of everything. That scared the bejesus out of me (laughs) and then i did though they put me at catcher a few times i really loved that that's because i'm a game manager though that's because i like to be the coach on the field you know i I loved that position that's a hard position but i get it it's kind of fun like just trying out new positions and you know seeing if you can succeed at that but i thought that was interesting Uh, and he wasn't a great quarterback in college so he went to texas tech and Cliff Kingsbury was actually there at the time, now head coach of Arizona. But he was, like, not even the starter at the time when Lincoln Riley was there. But Lincoln Riley was not very good. He was a walk-on. And I guess that Mike Leach, head coach, obviously there back in the day, decided that um, he was going to talk Lincoln into being a student assistant. So he kind of, like, he kind of got him out of being, like, the player like, like said, hey, hey bro, you do us no good a, on the field. <laughs> right? Get your ass in the film room. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, honestly, I think that that's like where he really started to build his mind for being such an uh, offensive guy, and specifically with the quarterbacks, because we all know Mike Leach's history with you know offense and quarterbacks. So he kind of was a, a student under Mike Leach for a while there at Tech. Um, and then, you know, now he's here at Oklahoma and I don't really know if he's, he's gotten them to the, to the, you know, the college football playoffs, but it's just like, again, what can you do without a defense? I, I feel like you're just treading water in that situation. If he, if he can't get the right thing on defense going, I don't know if he's going to get to that spot where he wins a national championship. Yeah. And, and, you know, like outscore your opponent is, an option if your defense is competent, but then when you're a team that has an incompetent defense and you're going up against a team that actually does have a competent defense as well, it's just bad. And we've seen the results. They haven't been great. No, they hadn't. So I wonder this because last year, uh, this last season going into the this new season and Dallas Cowboys were obviously looking for a head coach. And before they hired Mike McCarthy, there was – very very serious talk of Lincoln Riley going there and they I think they were going to pay him a lot of money I mean I think they were really trying to lure him away and to get him to come be the next head coach for the Dallas Cowboys now after the Dallas Cowboys have quickly crumbled unfortunately losing Dak and that's a you know, I feel so awful for Dak. I like Dak a lot. Um, but then Andy Dalton recently. And now, you know, Mike McCarthy's taking heat already. And so now you're hearing Lincoln Riley's name come up a little more. Could they fire Mike McCarthy after a year? Could you see Lincoln Riley as the Dallas Cowboys head coach, though? No. Don't do right? it, Lincoln. Don't do it. I don't see I don't see that. I don't see I would see never want to work for point. Jerry Jones if I was a no. coach. No. Like, as a player, and, it'd be cool to play for him, but I would never want to coach for him. I will say this right now, and I and I talk about it a lot. I've, this is my fourth season covering the NFL. I'm getting pretty, like, you know, knowing about a lot of things in terms of, you know, pro, or organizations and people in it. And I will say this. Until Jerry Jones is no longer with the Cowboys, I don't think they'll have success. 
Yeah, he's and too hands-on. He thinks he knows everything. Exactly. And that goes back to what with, with the Raiders and Al. Yeah. You know, the yep. same thing there. Yep. It, unfortunately, they, you know, they don't see it that way. And until I think that is the situation where they're no longer there, I just, I don't see that happening. But yeah, I was, I wanted your opinion on that because I don't think he, at, at least at this stage of his career where he's still learning and, you know, I just don't think that'd be a good career move. No, More it'd be money. a tough move. Sure. You know? But what are we, what but, are we chasing? Are we chasing money or are we chasing success? Exactly. Um, so yeah, so finally, and Lincoln Riley, look, it, he's not the most like interesting guy in the world by any means. He's a pretty, you know, follow the rules kind of guy. No, um, you know, very, very big family, family oriented guy. Uh, his wife and him, I think they'd been together since high school. They've got two young girls, uh, but he does enjoy golfing. He has a brother who's also a coach at a smaller college. Um, his brother does admit that Lincoln is definitely the better golfer. So I think he's like got a legit game. What is this with athletes that just love to golf? Have you, are you a golfer? Like, is this a thing that you like to do? Not yet, but I'm getting ready to move over by a golf course. So I gotta, gotta get some clubs, but, uh, my dad is is a challenge? SOB. Yes, that's it. It's mental. It's physical. It, you can be competitive, but you can unwind. My husband's throwing his hands up at me. He's throwing his hands up because he didn't like that question. I'm sorry. It's a question I'm going to ask because he's he golfs all the time. But I just want to know, though, because golfers, you saw Tom Brady when he went and did this thing, you know, uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. We saw Brady be brought to life as a human being because he wasn't that good. So then why do these guys all love to golf? I mean, it, it just want- it really... It satisfies that competitive spirit. And then it's something okay. that you, you as an athlete, you're, you're always setting goals. And it's something you can never okay. really become okay. elite at. Like, I don't think yep. if, you, if you didn't start golfing when you were like six, you'll, you'll never really be elite. So you can always aspire right. to do something and you can play it forever. Okay. I like that. I, th- those are the reasons. That's what I wanted to know. Okay. Because you always, competitors always want to have something to work at. And there, that's a great, that's a great analysis my, of that. I appreciate it. My fiance thinks that guys who golf all the time hate their wives. So there's, there's also <laughs> that aspect of it. <laughs> well, you better not become one of those. <laughs> I'm got, not going, going to. a golf course. You better, she's, she can have your eye, hit her eye on you in that golfing. She can, she can ride around the cart. That's what I like to do. I tell Travis that all the time. I said, I'll just go out there and ride around on the cart. Yeah. I enjoy it. You know? Yeah, have 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 some afternoon sips and, and just enjoy the, the beauty about. of the course. Yep. Absolutely. I'm I'm all about it. Um, well, that does it for this episode of Press Pass. You can always go and subscribe and you can hit Apple Podcasts up for that. Give us a rate and review. Joshua Perry, always active, especially now that uh, Big Ten football is back. So where can the folks find you on social media? They can find me at RIP underscore J-E-P. That is Twitter and Instagram. Holla at your boy. Holla at your boy. And you can uh, check my workout on Twitter. It is at Kayla Anderson TV. You can also follow me on Instagram where I love to put stuff up of my dog who is just a ham. So if you like animals, I put up a lot of stuff about Shug. 
he is he's a ham he came he i was working out today in the house in the apartment i should say and he comes down and just sits there and stares at me the entire time and i'm just like is this <laughs> do you want to be participating you just can't why are you in here there's other parts of the apartment you can be in he just sits there and stares at me do this and there's not a lot of room he's just chilling so i don't he's just, just chilling. chilling he's enjoying you know that's but it. anyways, we, we that's that's it. Um, we appreciate you guys. We really do. We're having a lot of fun with this podcast. I know we've got some new listeners out there. I, I noticed California. We've got some new listeners, so that's cool. Hey. Um, expanded to the West Coast, and everybody that has been a loyal listener from the beginning, we appreciate you guys. Uh, always take your comments or thoughts. We're always here, so if you want to leave us those on social, uh, go ahead and do that guys have a great weekend enjoy college football and we'll be back here next week for another episode of press pass take care